With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending uh, some of your morning here with us as we talk sports with you, and what a weekend that it was. BMW Des Moines guest list, short and sweet. Looks like this. Bottom of the hour, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on Iowa's uh, destruction of the Terps of Maryland. Back on Friday night, 11.05, Bama Trent and I will regurgitate what we watched uh, in college football over the weekend. And then Michael Swain at 11.30-ish on the Iowa State-Kansas game as Iowa State heads into their bye week. That's it on the BMW Des Moines guest list here today. A lot of football conversation, maybe a little baseball as we are set for the wild card. Disappointing on one hand, we didn't get the chaos that certainly seemed that we were headed to today, but there will be no MLB today. All eyes, I guess, sports worldwide on Monday night football. And for you that like to dabble in sports wagering, for some of you, a chance to get even or even worse, uh, depending on what squad you're on tonight. Chargers. And the Raiders at 720. What a weekend, Trent. I couldn't have asked for anything more. I know that there's a lot of folks that don't like football on Friday night uh, when it comes to the college game. Nope. Uh, but, man, having the Hawks in the spotlight on Friday and then a full day of football on Saturday, topped it off with Brady versus Belichick and company on Sunday night. What an incredible weekend that it was. Iowa State got a convincing win as they head into their bye week, but all eyes on Iowa City, 3 o'clock, Fox has the game. Uh, game day is not going, and that to me is not that big a deal. I know it is to some of you. It's a major event. I get that. Um, but Penn State, Iowa is at the top of the marquee, and what a game it promises to be as unbeatens collide. Three versus four. You can rank it where you want it. It's certainly the biggest game. At least it feels like that since I've been in the state in 89. Certainly the biggest game in Kinnick Stadium. In the state, yeah. Since 1985. Yep. The number one versus number two game. You go back, the last time game, ta- game day was there, that was 2006. Iowa was ranked 12th, Ohio State was number one, and it was a whooping. I mean, it was an absolute. Anthony Gonzalez and seeing Iowa linebackers try to guard him, play in. And <laughs> well, that's just Iowa linebackers. He was a dude, <laughs> He man. was. Yeah. And it was, it was ugly. They were just a lot better team. This one, though, the buildup, and just talked to my wife last night. This is her first game of the year, first game in two years that she's going to be able to go to, and she said, this is going to be nuts. And I said, this is going to be probably unlike anything that you've ever seen. You go back and think about some of the recent history and some of the big games, the big upsets, when they mm-hmm. beat Michigan you know, a few years back when Michigan was number three. Iowa was coming in after getting throttled 
by Penn State. The whole buildup that week was, hope we don't get 50 burger. Yeah. That, that was the buildup leading into that game. When they upset Penn State back in 2009, that buildup to that game, 2008, excuse me, it just it was completely different than what you have here. You have not had an Iowa team at this level, at home, in a generation. Yeah. That's what we're talking about mm-hmm. with this kind of matchup and what you have going here. You can go back to 2002. You had that blemish. Mm-hmm. You had the blemish against Iowa State. What the game it was. But... Yes, and even as they were rising up the rankings, you still had that one mm-hmm. behind your name. And it's also a different era of college football. Think of the 2015 team. If, if everything would have went there, it was the playoff era, but you knew what was waiting on the other side. And it was Alabama, and we saw what happened to Sparty in that game. It's a different feeling. It's a feeling that I... I don't think I've ever had in my life because the build-up when I was in kindergarten for the Iowa-Michigan game, a little bit different than when you're 41 years old. No, and you don't have 10 hours to talk about it between (laughs) now and Friday, and we'll certainly spend a lot of time discussing that football game. It's going to be massive, Trent. It's going to be... um, uh, It it feels like a big event, and that's what we're on the precipice uh, of watching on on Saturday. And the fact that both teams took care of business to get there, Mm -hmm. the national love for Maryland all last week was, I I didn't understand it, I I loved the matchup, Um, and it it turned out in that fashion as, my God, uh, Tagliavo was just, I don't know how he slept, maybe last night was his first night that he got some sleep, because he saw Hawkeye secondary in his dreams, or his nightmares, I would have to think, my God, what a performance out of them. That defense is unbelievable. And let's talk about Spencer Petras because mm-hmm. he was terrific in the football game. Um, and, and look, there was a an, an opportunity. Who, who dropped the one that was... Charlie Jones made an unbelievable catch. Regani, it was Regani that had an opportunity early in the football game. Um, you know, it's a tough catch, I'll give you that, but there were some drops along the way, a couple of them. Uh, the numbers should have been better, but they were terrific. Three touchdowns. Uh, Arlen Bruce, he ran for a couple or was pushed for a couple. Certainly one. Uh, Arlen Bruce uh, looked terrific. Laporte is his guy. Charlie Jones needs to get more involved. I'm glad that he is. Oh, man, so much, so much uh, hype around this football game. And here's the other thing. This is a game that isn't, it's not like, oh, my God, the Buckeyes are coming. No. We have right. no chance. Yeah. If the Buckeyes play their game, I just hope it doesn't get. Look, you can win this football game. No doubt. You should win this football game. There's the two good defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, my God. Let's fast forward, right? I don't want to wish any part of my life away because this is a fun week in sports. It is. Two wild card games. Thursday night football is going to be good playoffs all week long. But, my God, Saturday at 3 o'clock, it is going to, for the first time all college football season, because, folks, once this game is over, Iowa's schedule is halfway done. Wow. I told you. It just goes so fast. But let's slow down in this week and let's just enjoy it. The buildup, the hype, everything surrounding it. It's absolutely incredible, and it's bigger than even what we had two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, with the top ten showdown. This is that's September football. Yeah, nope. right, with no stakes other than bragging rights. Right. This is big time. Uh-huh. This is the nation watching. This is everybody tuning in to see mm-hmm. what these teams are really about. And to that stage that Iowa had on Friday night, and hearing the tenor start to change from some of the national media, the people that... Didn't believe in Iowa. Right. Didn't think off. Luckiest team in college right. football. How many, more, how many more times do they have to have three picks in a game minimum right. before you start thinking, you know what, maybe this is more than luck? Yeah. They, oh, it's just turnover luck. Well, when you've done it for five years now, you leave the country <laughs> right. over the last five years in turnover sports, maybe there's a little something more to it than just quote-unquote mm-hmm. luck. You want to use 
luck isn't the right word. Variance is the word you're looking for. And yes, in a game where you get six interceptions, okay, that's variance. Sure. Yeah, that's, those things don't happen. But there's a reason it happens. And the reason it happens to Iowa is because of the scheme and it's because it's of their Phil defensive quarter. Yes. <laughs> and everybody. You know Iowa football. Everybody loved Norm Parker. Uh-huh. That's a great point, Trent. The shoes that he had to fill. Mm-hmm. You never want to be the guy that replaces the guy. Right. You always want the next guy. Look what he's done. You're 100% right. Norm Parker was revered. As he should have been. Uh, absolutely. He was fun. Uh-huh. He was goofy. He was. He had The players had the t-shirt with all the yes. sayings on the back of it. And being in a press conference, well, he took, I think it was Coke cans, tried to help us out with Georgia Tech and mm-hmm. what they're going to do in advance of the Orange Bowl. Ah, he was fun, just but Phil Parker, man, he's taken it to another level. I think he has. He's been better than Norm because he has added layers to this and elements. And how about adapting on the fly? I was had success, but you know what? We need a cash position. We need to do something mm-hmm. different. We need to evolve mm-hmm. as college football is evolving. And in order to do that, what do you do? All right, we're going to get an extra defensive back on. They have to be the right kind of guy. Right. And there are two guys built completely different. We've only seen two of them, from Hooker. To now what we see with Dame Belton. And how about Belton, by the way, when, when, when uh, Kerner had the, had the pick, mm-hmm. ball gets knocked out, on the ground, three Terps, and Belton. And Belton comes away with the ball. Yeah. I have no idea how he did. No, absolutely not. He was missing, missed a couple tackles early. Like, well, he wasn't alone. He wasn't. The tackling in the first couple of drives was awful. And then they ratcheted up, uh-huh. and away they go. But from going from Hooker, a sawed-off kind of guy, physical. Who's thick, playing in the NFL. To Belton, more of a lanky, angular kind of guy. Now, the guy can hit, and he's got physicality to his game. But finding two different guys to run the same position and do it at this level. Because Iowa, in the old days, cer- certainly with the linebackers they have right now, Norm, they just be running 4-3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, no, we can't do that anymore. We're going to evolve. Credit to Phil Parker yeah. and what he continues to do with this defense. No doubt. You mentioned Petrus. Hey, may a couple for me. Because I didn't think he could get to the level that we saw on Friday night. Yeah. I just, my offseason throughout, I love this team. You knew how much I like this you team. You two concerns. The lack of depth on the defensive side of the football, and more importantly, you're not sold on Spencer P. You weren't alone. No, no, not at all. But in that game, even in a slow start, he was not throwing the ball well early. There were balls sailing a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But in the past, and last year, when things would go wrong like that, he would turtle. He would have he wouldn't be able to pull himself out of it, but you saw confidence. You saw confidence, and you saw some swagger from him, and that's important to see. Beathard had swagger. Yeah, Drew Tate sure had swagger. Did. Ricky Stanzi <laughs> yes. had swagger. These guys now, had. C.J. Beathard had one level of swagger, <laughs> right. and those other guys had swagger. Yeah, I loved C.J. C.J. Beathard might be my all-time favorite Hawkeye football player. They had that that confidence that you need as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Peter just it's felt tough. like a eh, nice guy. Yeah. No, now there's a little cockiness, and you need that cockiness, and you need the chip on the shoulder. He was as good as he has been, Mm -hmm. really after probably the first five throws of the game. He was outstanding. Yeah, and he had a couple of drops early in the football Mm -hmm. game, too, and that clearly weren't on him. Uh, Tyler Goodson, good to see him get going again. The hesitation seemed to be... you know, because he was, you know, I heard that from so many people. I, I take calls during breaks. I'm, I'm, friends of mine texting me, telling me that, what's wrong with Tyler Goodson? He seems to be hesitating. Is he hurt? Something's not. Something's off there. He was hitting the hole and running hard because this guy's got a world of talent. That pass that uh, um, Petras hit him right in stride. Yes. Bye-bye. One move, foot in the ground, breaks an ankle, and gone. Made the linebacker miss. 
then made the safety miss, mm-hmm. and just the speed then on top oh of it as he God. pulled away from people. You look at the numbers, too. 19 for 66. It didn't feel like that. I know there were a couple of negative plays in there. There was some dancing. There was some hopping around. That's yeah. kind of what he does. The stats didn't tell the story of that one. If you just say, oh, another ho-hum, 19 for 66. No, he was way better than he's been. That was a 100-yard ga- game without it showing mm-hmm. up in the stat sheet. Yeah. And, of course, he had over 100 total yards because of that reception and, and two pretty big plays in the Well, and they game. used Ivory Kelly Martin more than they had, too, which and was it, good to see in his yes. own right. I mean, I was glad to see that, but that kept Goodson's numbers down a little bit uh, as well. Just a complete game. Trent, do you know what? We have not, I don't think, spoken about this guy. I watched a guy play on Friday night, a Hawkeye, who's going to play on Sunday. I'm convinced of it. I'm absolutely convinced of it. Caleb Shudak? Yes. Mm-hmm. He's going to play in the NFL. There's a reason he stuck around. Mm-hmm. He knew that Keith Duncan was the guy. He had built right. it stronger leg. And that was the other thing. Shudak got put in such difficult spots, the few field goal opportunities. All right. Yeah, well, 55. Go right. ahead. Right. <laughs> we need you. Yeah. Your turn. When you're throwing in there <laughs> and you just you don't get part of the normal routine, going out there time in and time out, getting that 31-yard chip shot, that's not there. No. All right. Long field goal. Here you go. It's such a difficult oh, spot. He's reliable, man. But a kickoff specialist. Uh-huh. But he stuck around, got the extra year, got the final season here. And you see why Iowa always, every time, the last three years, Duncan and Shudek are neck and neck. Right. It came down to the yeah. end. Yeah. And if Keith Duncan doesn't make that field goal against Michigan, uh-huh. Maybe. his freshman year, yeah. Maybe. because point. of pure talent. Can you vision him in your mind running around after he made that yeah. kick? I can. <laughs> because of pure talent, Shudak's a better kicker. He is. Because he has a stronger leg. Uh-huh. He's going to kick in the NFL. But Duncan had that. And he kind of had, that was his one feather that he had that Shudak never could get because mm-hmm. Duncan got the opportunity to do it. But great for him to stick around. Yeah. Instead of going out and just getting a job and living life, you're right. He's going to get an opportunity. There's he's no got the leg to do it. Mind. He's got an opportunity. And he has been absolutely yeah. automatic after the field goal against Iowa State. That wasn't his fault. No. Nope. It was a bad snap. Um, Michigan, impressive win over Wisconsin. Trent, I guess where I'm going is is the Big Ten West is, is perfectly set up for Iowa. Yes. Perfectly set up for Iowa. They can have a hiccup and still get to Indianapolis. They can. They can have a hiccup and still get to the college football playoff. Yeah. This is different yeah. than 2015. Well, now, now let me ask you this: how many how many spots are available in the college football playoff? Do you believe, as I do, that Cincinnati is going to get in this year? Twelve and one Iowa versus thirteen and zero Cincinnati. Who gets in? Normally, I would die on the Iowa Hill, but because of past history and the fact that it's been put out there in public. Well, the power, lack of Power 5 scalps, if they could just do that, win a couple of big games, then they would be in. Well, they did that. They don't go- get two, though. They did. They got a couple of them, but they went to Indiana and they went to Notre Dame. They don't have anybody left. Who's left? SMU? SMU. That's might, it? Might be a ranked team. Maybe a ranked team. UCL, UCF just got beat by Navy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's the other heck, game. Heck kind of a comeback. Um, so, 12-1 and one Iowa that says loses. Who's their loss? Penn State. And they... Beat them in the revenge and Penn, game. And Penn State is out because they lost in Indianapolis to Iowa. Right. 12 and 1 Iowa or 13 and 0 Cincinnati. Yeah. I don't think it's close. I think Iowa gets in easily well, over that side. Iowa will have, what, 10 wins against power conference teams? Mm-hmm. They'll have two. Mm-hmm. 
I, that's going to be a deciding factor. But I, I agree with you. It's just that we've heard about this. If, if there's ever going to be a year, this is it. Did what they had to do. Beat Indiana. Well, who's the other Notre team that Dame? gets in? Maybe both of them are in, in that scenario. Because uh, Georgia, Alabama. Uh, Oregon, Pac-12 is out. ACC is well, not out. Because Oregon runs the table. They're still in. Yeah, I don't know if they can. Oh, I don't the think table. they will either. But we're playing this hypothetical game. Uh-huh. That's when it gets. See, tricky. this is why the playoff is such great. Bad, uh, uh, great. It's it's so good for the sport, right? Because we're hearing that the calendar just turned to October, and this conversation's already starting to happen. Mm-hmm. The back and forth, should they or shouldn't they? And we've got a half of the schedule more than a half of the schedule to still to play out. It's a great debate, Trent. And normally, I would have been all over your scenario, regardless if the team was Iowa twelve and one, right. regardless who that Power Five team was. It was twelve and one, opposed to a um, a thirteen and zero, whatever it was. I'd have all been all over the Power Five school. It's gonna be fun. Buckle up. Gonna be fun. Got to get there first. Got to get there first. Man, oh man! All right, Iowa State. Look, I don't know what to take away from it. Nothing. Um, um really, nothing. I have two takeaways. I have one takeaway. My, okay. my takeaway on Iowa State w- was the fact that I saw some kids, mm-hmm. and one in particular who I think is going to be a real player, uh, number 17, uh, Frailer, mm-hmm. Bo Frailer um, from the state of Colorado. This kid's going to have a nice career at Iowa State. And I know one game against it's, – it's not – he didn't come in with the scrubs. He was in – not I shouldn't say the scrubs – with the backups yeah. at the end of the game when it was meaningless. He was in earlier in the football game. I don't remember seeing him before, um, but he was all over the field. Miles Purchase is another one. Uh, Brock Purdy was Purdy. Kohler was Kohler. Hutchinson was Hutchinson. But you can't take anything out. I, I, I still don't know about this Iowa State team. Their wins over you and I. And they struggled. Snuck by. Right? Trip fair. You and I got the ball going down the field with a chance in the last possession of the football game. Seven beats you. Right. Right. Um, UNLV. Awful. And Kansas. Awful. Now, here we go. Yes. Because I think the Big 12, I don't think it's top heavy by any means. I think that there are a lot of decent teams. Not not playoff team. Mm-hmm. But a lot of decent teams in their way still. And there's a lot to play for. They can still get to Dallas, absolutely. But the margin for error is really small. Oklahoma State's got a defense. Yes, they do. They've got a really good defense. Texas looks as though that Arkansas game was an anomaly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll know more about Who do you like this weekend, by the way, in that game? Oh, Texas. Texas. I do, too. Yeah. I in do a big-time way. Three? I'm getting a field goal? Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Sure. I mean, uh, Spencer Rattler struggled again this week. I watched a lot of that football game. Um, and TCU was ready to go. I mean, yes, Patterson, they were. Patterson's teams mm-hmm. have played very well, well this whole tenure since mm-hmm. they come to the Big 12 against Texas. They were ready to go. Yep. Texas took their best shot. And how about this? You got two coaches here. Sark makes the decision, we're just going to give it to Robinson. Yeah. It's a pretty good idea. Yeah. And Max Duggan has more carries than their outstanding running back. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get maybe he trusts. I, I don't get that. Um, but Bijan Robinson, something isn't he? He is. He is really, really stop on a die. He's a hell of a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, K State is good. Yeah, they're they're good with Skylar Thompson. Uh-huh. It's the conversation we had all summer long. Mm-hmm. When they have Skylar Thompson, they're good. Mm-hmm. When they don't, 
They're not very good. I guess maybe we should have seen West Virginia coming. Now, not the fact that they got beat, right. but, the, but the fact that they left it all on the field in Norman and coming home and you look at the schedule and here's Texas Tech, at least the name Texas Tech, you're thinking, well, this should be easy. Well, wait a second. What's Texas Tech's record? 4-1. That's what I thought. Lost 70-35 in that matchup against Texas two weeks ago, mm-hmm. but got an offense, even with the injury to Shuck. Yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Columbia with him. can still he's been feels like he's been there forever. Too. Yeah. Anytime yeah. somebody gets hurt, here comes Columbia and mm-hmm. he's gonna make some plays, a lefty rolling around, making plays. Kind of got an ugly delivery too, but it it's effective. They can score. Are you confident about that game if you're Iowa State? Oh, I don't know just how bo- you can feel confident. Look, they can win them all or they can win half of them. Yes. This was what I said this offseason. You look at the schedule, you can make an argument in ten of the games that you could lose. That was not saying they're going to intend Cyclone fan. I know you think that's what you heard. Well, that's what I read on Cyclone Fanatic that you said, Trent. Did you tell me that you didn't say that? I didn't say that. Well, I'll be damned. And again, we'll put the caveat here. Still, with the remaining games here, look at every single one of them individually. You can make an argument they can win. Sure. You can make an argument they can lose. Because if this team runs the table, I'm not going to fall on my chair, chair shot. I won't either. But if but they I go don't three know and four. About them yet, Trent, they've beaten UNLV and they've beaten right. Kansas. They go, though, and they finish 3-4? and four? Not going to be shocked by that no, either. I'm not. You tell me that they lose to Oklahoma, Texas, K-State, and one other? Okay. Oklahoma State? Sure. Oklahoma State's got a defense. Gundy, we talked about Ference having the mm-hmm. number of Campbell. Yep. Gundy's right there, too. I know. His teams, teams at Iowa State's been better than Gundy's been able mm-hmm. to get them, and he get them a jack try. So you go through the schedule, you look at the matchups here, every single one of them, they can win, and I'm not going to be surprised if they lose. We just don't know about this team. Beating Kansas and UNLV doesn't tell you anything. doesn't matter how badly you beat them because they're bad football teams. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they, I feel bad for Leipold. He's a good football coach. A long rebuild. Yeah, you wonder why. Give him a 10-year contract. Yeah, you, he should, honestly. Yeah. Uh, he should have insisted on that. Uh, one other thing I will say, whoever Chris Williams sources at ESPN, keep him close. Because he's been spot on with this game day stuff. Mm-hmm. Chris has got a source inside ESPN when he said, you know what? The, uh, where was September 11th? They were going to um, Army, right? Yeah, the Navy Air Force game. Navy Air Force game. Yep. Um, they were, they were, the game day was going there. And Chris is the first one to say, no, they're coming to Ames. Mm-hmm. And then all last week it was a game day's on their way. They're coming to Iowa City. Chris said no <laughs> on Saturday night. His source is telling, and it's right. So whoever that source is, I mean, we thought we had a pretty good one. I, I still think we do. I'll give you my background because we were talking about this with Kaker on Friday, one of his respected members, because ESPN was doing all the pre- preliminary talk with Iowa City. I got a phone call from ESPN and somebody involved with Game Day. You did personally. Personally. I talked to the person myself, Trent Condon, talked to the person asking for background information, sites to go, ideas, different places that they can be. I mentioned Hubbard Park is where they were before, mm-hmm. but it's on the other side of the river. It's a 20, 30-minute walk from the stadium. It's a hall. So you're speaking with who, would, not his name, but what the position at ESPN you're talking to is what? That might give it away. Just somebody involved. Okay. Somebody that has been involved with game day operations there for a long time. Okay. And, and talks to all the people that are connected to it. So they're talking about different places to be, where to set up. I, I said, if you can get Cross Plaza right there in front of the stadium with the Children's Hospital over their shoulder, mm-hmm. maybe that's perfect. Yeah, pretty good visual. I knew it would be very difficult to pull off because there just isn't a ton of room, but that's where I said would be the perfect spot. Mentioned a couple other places, then talked about background stories. What do you mean background? So 
All right, Iowa, Penn State. What jumps to mind? Oh, what I would see. be a story? Well, 6-4 is the first thing that jumps to my mind. Me too. And that was also the week that Ference's dad That's passed right. away. Yeah, he was on the sidelines. Who interviewed him? Holly Rowe. Was it Holly Rowe? He was yep. in tears. I'll never forget it. That week, Kirk wasn't with the team. Mm-hmm. They go there. They're late, right? Or was it game day he got there? Yes, I think that's what, or maybe it was Friday maybe night. Friday night? Yeah, when the, when the team got there and he was mm-hmm. there for that. But wasn't with the team mm-hmm. throughout the week. Brian, who was a part of the team, wasn't with the team. He was out at his grandpa's funeral. Yeah. And then they met the team. So you told them that was an angle. That story, 6-4, the only modern-day football, college football game that ended 6-4. You got that? And it's a badge of honor. I know nationally Trent, I people I love make, that game. It was excellent. A field goal beats you as Iowa takes the safety up 6-2 to make it 6-4. Mm-hmm. And they said, they're not moving the football against well, us. they hadn't. And they were exactly right. That 2004 defense was so much fun to watch. So all those areas, I have all this information. Yep. I talked to him. And basically what I was told is I hung up the phone. If Iowa takes care of business Friday night, if Penn State takes care of business Saturday, they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. And then it's Oklahoma, Texas. Mm-hmm. So that's where my now obviously they're having those conversations, or maybe they weren't. So where was Herb Street going to be? I'm assuming he's calling the game this Saturday mm-hmm. um, in Dallas, right? Right, right. I mean, he's not going to be in Lincoln for Michigan, Nebraska, is he? Because that's ABC's night game. Mm-hmm. So if he's in, if he's on game day and it's in Iowa City, he couldn't have called the game. Well, I would guess that they would have had him call the Michigan, Nebraska game okay. if that was the case. That that's what they would have done, and they would have put whatever other team on the yeah. Texas Oklahoma game. That, does that's does the way it do anything? Does it detract from this to anybody? No, I think having the big the Fox kickoff, and that's ultimately that's the reason. If Fox didn't have this broadcast, if this was on ABC, they'd be there, right? Yeah, I think. I don't think there's a doubt in my mind. Yeah, I this think, is the first yeah. time in 17 years they haven't been at a top five matchup. Mm-hmm. 17 years, so I think that says a lot there. If this was an ESPN game. This was an ABC game. Yeah, they'd be there. Game day would they, be there. They would be there. Sure, they'd be there. So that is also something you have to throw in there, that that's a reason. But that, that doesn't prevent them necessarily. No, it doesn't. It, right. Right, because two weeks ago, both game day and Big Noon kickoff were both at Soldier Field in Chicago for Wisconsin Notre Dame. Notre Dame, yeah. So it's not that they won't do it, but what are you going to prop up? Your own game? Or Fox's yeah. game. See, this this doesn't take away anything from the hype around this game for me. But, no. But maybe it does because I... But Saturday morning, when you flip on game day, and if they were in Iowa City as opposed to being at the Red River shootout again, yeah. it would have added a layer. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Because game day still rules. Yes. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I know the Fox program um, has come a long way, but it's still... We're still tuning in to see what hat he's putting on. Right. Or mascot head or whatever he's going to do. I guess he'll be shooting a gun this week uh, since he's in Dallas. All right, we're underway. Scott Dockerman coming up next. By the way, Dan Welter won the tickets courtesy of Fuller Dental. A couple of locations here, Fuller Dental, um, uh, East 29th Street, and, of course, in Altoona. Trent, we asked to come up with the total yards combined closest without going over. Two people had 699. That's crazy. Two of them. Walter was first. Yep. And that's one of the rules. Whoever takes the number first, that number's off the board. Uh, and then Walter grabbed it. So we put the tweet out on September 30th at like 10. <laughs> at 10.06, Walter came up with 6.99. Here's the cool story about this. He's taking his dad to the game. His He and his father have never been to a game together before. That's awesome. That really is. When mm-hmm. I heard that part of the story, and I didn't hear it from him, I heard it from... Um, 
you know, a friend of his, or I think a coworker actually. I thought, wow, that's really cool. We, the, the right guy won the ducats. Mm-hmm. I love father son stories, and this is one of them that's going to play out. Enjoy the game, uh, Dan Walter, and we will have tickets. That uh, what's the next home game? Purdue. Purdue. David Bell and company, if healthy. Now, did he answer the bell? He was a game-time decision. I didn't see hardly any Purdue, Minnesota uh, this week. Did he play? You saw more than me because I didn't see any. Oh, I saw like three series, and and I believe every time. Well, I don't remember. Um, He didn't do anything, I don't think, when when I was watching, but regardless. He had six catches, 120 yards. he did play. He did. Well, good for good for Purdue, bad mm-hmm. for opposing teams because he's legit. Yes, he is. So uh, about Thursday, we'll put that up on the Miller and Condon Twitter account. We'll come up with something to uh, award tickets to see uh, that game against Purdue a week from Saturday. And then the Hawks get their bye, right? Penn State, Purdue, bye. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yes, before yeah. Wisconsin. Before whiskey. Mm-mm-mm. They're flying by, folks. Told you. Uh, Miller and Condon, fourteen sixty kicks at 0106. There's defense back to Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point three FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back, fourteen sixty KXNO one hundred six point three FM. We take you until noon. Uh, hour number two, Bama Bob will be here. So will Michael Swain. Mr. Monday Night makes an appearance right now. Scott Dockerman joins us. Of course, Doc from The Athletic, where he covers the Hawkeyes. Uh, Doc, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming in. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you this morning? Doing very well, Doc. Uh, Can you kind of um, put your finger on how big this game is this coming Saturday before we look back? Just, you know, just um, where, I mean, I know we have to rank them, right? But potentially three versus four. We don't know how it's going to finish, but it's certainly got all the earmarks of a classic. uh, as, As big as it gets, Doc. As big as it gets in the regular season, I, yeah, I would say in today's world, I would agree with that. Um, you know, there, it's the first top five battle since, uh, Iowa, Michigan and, and at Kinnick anyway, since Iowa, Michigan in, in 1985. So when you start to refer to that game right. in, in kind of a comparison, that makes it important and big. And, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, I, I think this is an important game for both teams in multiple ways. I think, for Penn State, it's important as far as getting to the Big Ten championship game uh, because the East Division is, is pretty stacked right now, and one more loss will, will derail any of that. For Iowa, it's important if it wants to get to the playoff because after this game, at least rankings-wise, there's really nobody else that, that kind of fits that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that deal. So if Iowa wants to go to the college football playoff, it has to win this game even unless some – something really crazy happens in early December for Penn state to even get to the big 10 championship game. It has to win this game because you never know what could happen against an Ohio state or a Michigan. It really eliminates the, any kind of mulligan. So I think that's what makes it important. Doc, uh, plenty of buildup this week. It's going to be just absolutely crazy game day environment. It'll be wild. Of course, three o'clock kickoff. So plenty of time to get lubed up and ready for the football game, not under the lights, but before we do that, Let's go back under the lights to Friday night. Defensive performance was outstanding. The interceptions, defense played at a high level. But more than anything, I think we got to start with the quarterback, Spencer Petras. Fair to say, if not his best, one of the best games he's had in a Hawkeye uniform. It was the best. And I think he piled his, his best performance on what I thought was his previous yeah, best I agree. performance. So you're starting to really stack good days on top of good days. 
And I think it coincides a little bit with the, the growth of the true freshman receivers with Arlen Bruce and with mm-hmm. Keegan Johnson, that they're both coming along very quickly. They're getting more snaps. Uh, the other day, uh, Bruce had six catches. He was uh, he was making some good plays out there uh, the week before Johnson was. So um, I think there's more trust there. I think they're allowing him to go, and, and really not really allowing him necessarily to go deeper, but he, he's taking advantage of what defenses are giving them and the situations. And in this case, they just kept the foot on the gas because they knew kind of what the other team had as far as potential goes with uh, Tango Viola. And then, of course, Demas got hurt early, and that was unfortunate. Bad, yeah. But um, but Jarrett as well. I mean, they had, they had a good offense. So they kept the foot on the gas, and they, and he really played well. He had a lot of he made a lot of good plays, hit runner, uh, receivers in stride, went down the field, also made the makeable. And that's really what you need to do in the passing game which is I know a lot of people don't like the check downs, but we've got a running back like Tyler Goodson. A check down can, can elevate you to a first down. So I thought he played outstanding football. Doc, uh, there was a point in the game that I uh, that looked um, well, like Petrus maybe, oh boy, this is the last thing they need. And I'm referring to the what I thought, you never know what's in a kid's head, but 55 in Maryland, this came on the heels of Dima's, uh, the injury that was bad. It wasn't a dirty play by any means. Uh, it was, it was a, it was an unfortunate play for his sake. But 55 went low, and I thought, oh my God, uh, what a cheap shot that was. Now he was flagged on it, but was that brought up at all after the game? Uh, it, well, the, the injury part was because he was just kind of walking around. He said he was okay. He thought he made, or extended his knee, and, and it took him a little bit of time to get off that. But I, I think really what you, what Maryland showed when things were unraveling is a complete and utter lack of discipline. Mm-hmm. And that really starts with the head coach that uh, he couldn't corral them and into slowing down the momentum, and then they started making some really foolish mistakes. And that one – that one was an incredible cheap shot, and then there was one near the goal line after they they spanked the play for Iowa, where somebody smacked uh, uh, Sam Porter upside the head, and it's like, what are you guys doing? Here? Yeah, you know, the nose tackle. Funny. It was the nose tackle right. who was in coverage. Right. Yeah. I mean, which is ridiculous. It's own right. right. But you know, that, to me, that's really where it started with Maryland. That is, yeah. just, uh, and then the the crowd was was making some pretty vulgar after that injury and, yeah, yeah, uh, so that really changed everything doc we talked about phil parker at the top of the show today taking over for a legend in norm and, and what he's done his continued evolution bringing the cash position in and just he's done things differently it's still much like you see norm but putting his own spin on things just the job he has done with this defense boy he's uh, elevated it uh for mm-hmm. what it even was and, and i mean i was blessed to have you know, only four defensive coordinators over the, the last 40 years, and all of them have been outstanding, and particularly three, if you had an assistance Hall of Fame, I think they all the three of them would be in there, and, you know, and Bill Brazier and yeah. Norm Parker and now Phil Parker. But, you know, Phil has, has revolutionized it because before Iowa was that straight 4-3, we're just going to keep our guys out there, but he realized that college football is going in a different direction, and, and it probably not necessarily realized it too late, but you know, really reverse the stubborn feel of it in some ways. And, um, you know, by throwing the cash position out there, you know, they even had a seven defensive back uh, uh, play out there. The last play of the, of the first half, there were seven DBs out there. And mm. you know, I don't know that he was bad under North Park, maybe five or six. But uh, so uh, he's, 
he's done remarkably well. They're more aggressive. They do blitz a little bit more, but but not not a whole ton. But they keep they kept the guts of what Norm Parker wanted to do, and and to me that's what's been the perfect marriage. You know, right now, last year they led the country in stop rate percentage. This year, I think they're number two behind Georgia. So it's just uh, you know, it's a remarkable run, and to have this kind of secondary uh, with that, uh, you know, that kind of coaching, it just shows you just how much of a, I won't say genius, but how much of a terrific coach Phil Parker really is. Mm-hmm. Doc, there was a point in the football game, I mean, I, we, I can't get enough of watching Jack Campbell. So it's 51-14. to 14. It's the fourth quarter. The second string is in for Iowa. Iowa has to punt the football. And there's 31 on the field, running down the field on special teams. Iowa's up 51 to 14. The punt returner catches the ball and reverses his field. But because Campbell is so well coached, he stayed home and made the tackle on special teams at 51 to 14. Um, that as much as anything was one of the plays that stuck with me, Doc. Yeah, uh, there were quite a few, and I was kind of my mind was going in circles about that point in the game. But you know, he's a, he's a terrific player, no question. You know, had a tip that led to an interception. Didn't have the gaudy statistics that he's had for the last couple of weeks, but his play has been stellar. And, and there's really he is the heartbeat of that defense. He is he takes it to a different level uh, because he, he you know I've said it before he tips the field. He just gets out there. And he makes plays, and um, that doesn't surprise me because his intensity is is off the charts. So uh, you know, he, he, and the fan, and the, the you know, when the second team and third team were in there, the the players were just ecstatic for one another. I mean, when Quinn Schulte had that interception late, uh, they were all jumping up in unison, so happy for him. So it was uh, it, it was quite the team victory, I would say. Offensive line maligned maybe after the week before against Colorado State came out and played better what do you see from the offensive line guys stepping forward and of course getting shooter back out there he was starter wow. he played 45 in the snaps in the game what you saw out of Kyler shot I thought they played better no question I mean you know to be able to hold them down and, and prevent the kind of sacks that Maryland was capable of I mean Maryland had 16 going into the game so um, I think that the edge protection was much better than I thought it would be or even thought that they should, you know, that they needed to have. So I, that was really a big plus for them. I still think running the ball, that they've got some work to do, and they're going to have a tough week there, um, at least on, you know, what based on what Penn State can do. So, uh, you know, that just continues to come along. I think at guard, you've got four guys, and they're all of comparable abilities. I mean, and maybe they're different skill sets, but, uh, you know, you, you saw the true freshman and a fifth-year senior out there starting in Connor Colby and, and Tyler Schott, and I thought at times they played well and at times they, they didn't, and then likewise when Ince and Britt were in there, at times they played well and at times they didn't. So I think they're still growing, but I think you could see that they are getting better, and that bodes well for Iowa, you know, with not only this week coming up, but, but the rest of the season because, um, no matter what happens Saturday, this has the potential to be one of those great years. No doubt. It's good to see Ivory Kelly Martin, Doc. Uh, not that he was in the doghouse, but uh, he, there were years in, in uh, the previous uh, uh, Ferentz era or uh, um, time as head coach at Iowa that the fumbles would have put Kelly Martin on the bench for an appreciable period of time. Uh, they must have uh, trust is back in him because he had some uh, big carries in the football game. They're going to need him, Doc. It was good to see. 
Yeah, they they did, and, and it, was, it was good to see from his perspective. He's a you know he's got a he's a player that's built up a lot of equity over his five years, and that's probably the difference with some of the other players that have fumbled or or what have you. And 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 the fumbles, especially against what uh, I think was Kent State, was just Kent State. I'm mixing up my games now, but uh, they were the result of some really hard hits. So it wasn't so much of his fault as it was kind of the circumstances. So they were making sure, look, we're, you know, you've built up a lot of trust in this program. We're going to give you another opportunity out there. And, he, you know, he averaged almost eight yards a carry. So, you know, he really brings an element that's helpful to this offense. And if he continues to do that, there's no reason to think that that was just a, hey, you know, let's just move on, rather than you've got to watch out. You know, you're not going to be able to play very much more. I hate to do this to both you and Trent, but Matt Nagy just said Andy Dalton's a starting quarterback. <laughs> Mm, gross. <laughs> Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, have a great week. I look forward to reading all the coverage from you and uh, all the college football writers. All eyes on Iowa City, 3 versus 4, 3 o'clock on Fox. What an environment it promises to be, Scott Dockerman. We will talk with you uh, about the game uh, a week from today. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate what you do. All right. Have a good one, guys. You do the same. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Uh, as we take a quick peek at the Hawks and ahead to Penn State. You're joking, right? No, I'm not, Trent. I wish I was. Dalton's trending on Twitter. I clicked on it, and Matt Nagy just came out and said, Andy Dalton's our starting quarterback, apparently. Why? I don't know. He's an idiot. Fire him right now. Matt Nagy, two playoffs in three years, but this is idiotic. What mm-hmm. you saw yesterday, this is asinine. What in God's name is he doing? What's know. the point? I don't know. They're going to get clobbered the next month. Have your young guy out no. there to learn. It's not about this year. No. It's not about Matt Nagy, and he's making this about Matt Nagy. Fire's ass right now. Get him out of there. This is ridiculous. I don't get it either. I don't understand. Jeez. It's fun watching the Bears for one reason. As a non-Bears fan, right. you can watch the Bears because you want to see the kid. Unbelievable. I get it. It's a head scratcher. We'll come back, finish up the hour. Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.5B.com. All right, 5 before 11. Welcome back, Miller and Condon. Uh, We're on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Let's spend a couple minutes on the baseball from over the weekend. Um, Bigger anomaly, winning 91 games and not getting into the wild card or winning 106 and having to play in a wild card. We saw both this year. Yeah, probably the 106, right? I think so, too. Yeah, I think so, too. There's been years like that where it takes a lot of wins to get there, but... Not good enough winning 106 and you have... It's sudden death. Mm -hmm, Right. And here comes Adam Wainwright and the St. Louis Cardinals, who don't look now are playing... Look, I get that this weekend didn't go their way. Um Oh, can you imagine if they get bounced on Wednesday? Good. It's the way it should be. Oof. Baseball put this in for a reason. Yeah, Don't forget. You. Yeah. They wanted to make winning a division important. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, this is what you have to do. Is it fair? Also look at the rest of the division. Padres disappointed, but the Diamondbacks or Rockies were awful. Terrible. So if you do what you're supposed to do against uh-huh. awful teams, mm-hmm. you're going to pile up a lot of victories. And that's the case here. Looked like we were getting awfully close to White Sox-Astros. Maybe the White Sox nipping them at the end, getting that home yeah, playoff series. Didn't right. happen for them. 
And more than anything, I was just so sad for the Mariners. They got close, Trent. They, they got did. close. Listening to play-by-play of the oh, radio yeah. and TV guys on, on Saturday that night. That was Saturday night, yeah. That was, that was really good. Go to Twitter if you didn't see it. It's really... It is. It's a camera of their radio play-by-play mm-hmm. guy calling the big hit. The emotions. Yes. And... uh Took me inside the booth. All right, you're excited to sit back down. All right, fill out your scorebook. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, to see that boy described. He painted that picture vividly mm-hmm. uh, for those of uh, folks that were listening to that game on the radio. If you're not a Yankees or Red Sox fan, I understand it gets shoved down your throat. Yeah, but Trent, this is going to be spectacular. It is. If you're a baseball fan, right? This this is. Look, I'm a Blue Jays fan, and my team doesn't get to participate, mm-hmm. but I'm all in for this Red Sox-Yankees. This is the rivalry in baseball. I get Cubs in our part of the country. Cubs-Cardinals is good. Out west, it's Dodgers uh, and the Giants. That's good. But it's Red Sox and Yankees, and one of those teams is going home. You know what is We can't lose. I don't care who wins the game. Right. I really don't. I think you, whoever wins probably can get clubbed by the race. I hope. Yeah. I hope whoever wins gets clobbered. But one of the two is not going to have a chance to advance. Going to be great. And it's Tuesday and there's no football. And it's Wednesday and there's no football. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're into these playoffs. I love October. October baseball is going to be special. Special, special, special. Matt Snyder and Trent and I will go around. Uh, we'll talk a lot tomorrow. Um, do you have a World Series favorite that you bet on? I got some futures tickets. I had one in the White Sox, which I need to come through so I can pay Sean Roberts, another one of my White Sox. So, plays. yeah, help us out with that. I knew you guys had the bet before the year. And right. You had who's going to win the division. 20 bucks. Who's going to win the division, okay. right? Okay. And then we throw this little nugget in there. And each game clear in the standings is yeah. an extra five bucks. That's They beat you by 20 games. Yeah, that's $120 now I owe them on that stupid $20 bet. I thought, worst case scenario. <laughs> And maybe the White Sox will beat them by you know, six, seven games, right. something like that. Twenty games, you coupled that disappointment, just being out. And I told you I was going to get over to six sixty eight at one point over the weekend. Did you? No, I didn't see any Cubs either. Didn't do it. I watched. I, I watched some baseball, some Jays, but man, it's football on the weekend. And what? God, it was fun. We'll do more and we'll do more NFL. We haven't done any NFL right. outside of me yelling at Matt Nagy. Nothing than that. That was good. My uh, blood pressure. Still high. God, reading his comments made me even more infuriated. Well done. Uh, we'll come back. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football, recap some of the great wins, disappointing losses from this weekend in college football. Michael Swain and I will stay at 1130. 1460, 106.3.